and welcome to episode 398 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I'm trying to grow all our fruit, vegetable and herbs in my allotment and my vegetable garden. Now coming up today I've got a bit of a listeners feedback show. I've got a few questions and a few tips that came in from listeners. But first, as always, we have the diary with what I've been up to over this last week. It is Friday the 21st of May 2021, nearly forgot the month there. I'm in the potting shed at home at the moment, or the potting shed as I like to call it. And we've had some wind last night and tonight, and uh, I'm dreading what I'm going to find on the allotment if I'm honest. I, I Every time we get some strong winds I always panic about the allotment. In particular my granddad's greenhouse that I have down there because it's got a lot of sentimental value and if all the glass smashes it cost me a lot of money when we had some really bad winds come through once before. At home however, because I haven't been down the allotment to see what's going on, at home however we have been lucky enough that we haven't really had any damage. I'm just watering a few plants here in the uh, potting shed quickly. Yeah we haven't really had any damage. The lid of my veggie pod blew off and that, I mean that was easy because that just pops back into place. Um, I obviously didn't secure it down very well enough and the biggest problem I've had uh, is just outside this shed I have one of those four tier grow house things that I bought a few months ago as a way of trying to make a bit more space to in order to harden off my seedlings. Now I've said time and time again that I'm really not a huge fan of those and um, yeah, every time we've had strong winds, these have ended up collapsing or falling apart. And today was no difference. It's fallen apart and it actually looks like a bit of the plastic has broken. So I'm going to have to... Well, actually, if it has broken completely and it can't be repaired, it's going to have to go. Um, I've to cut my losses. I've learned my lesson. I will never buy one of these again. Now in terms of what I've been doing throughout this week in terms of seed sowing, I've actually had this week off work and I have been tidying up a lot of the garden. In particular, just uh, I've got a lot of bricks and things like that that are destined to go to the tip. So I've been solving all those and getting rid of all those mainly. Uh, but I've also sown some peas. The only, I said last week, I'm pretty much up there with everything I need sowing. But I'm trying to grow a lot more peas and uh, I've sown a few more this week. Now if this weather quietens down overnight like it predicts, then tomorrow we're hoping to go down the allotment. And let's find out in just a moment what damage we've got down there. It is Saturday the 22nd of May 2021 today. I'm just inside the greenhouse on the allotment, sheltering away from the rain showers that we seem to be getting all day today. Now firstly, I came down the allotment this morning, spent most of the day on the allotment actually, um, but... First first thing I should say, after yesterday and the storms that we've had, I was absolutely terrified of what I was going to find on the allotment. 
Well, they didn't need to be worried. Everything was okay on the allotment, I'm pleased to say. No damage at all. The only thing was that one of my water butts that was empty got blown over. And I've also noticed that my little uh, grow house cloche type thing that's made out of plastic you know I bought a couple of weeks months ago and it did have at home and then moved down here well that's it sat inside one of my potato beds um I think somebody's actually moved it there rather than it getting blown in there because it may have been blown away so overall no damage at all which I'm really really happy about because it means that yeah my main fear was granddad's greenhouse now today it's been a little tricky to really do a huge amount of work outside. Basically uh, we'll get half hour of no rain and then a, a nice heavy shower which I don't mind actually. So what I was doing was every time we had a shower I'd run inside the greenhouse so at one point I actually ran home to get a few more bits. Now what do I mean by that? Well what I've been doing at home I've said that I've been removing a load of bricks and paving slabs. Well I've been bringing those down the allotment and I've been putting them into place outside to make some nice little paths. I've continued doing that today when it wasn't raining and that's really helping actually it's really helping me to see the areas that I'm not using to their fullest and how much I actually just need as paths so that's going to work out really nicely in the future what I'm going to do is keep laying these paths where I want them basically just in front of granddad's greenhouse I've got an area which was mostly grass and I would have a lot of pots in this area well, this area here, now I've got this path running up to the greenhouse. Now, I did want it to be fairly wide because I want the easy access to the greenhouse. That will still happen. These are good wide paths. But on either side of that, I've got plenty of space in which I can pot loads of pots for this year. But what I'm going to do is actually lay down lots of cardboard first to try and smother out the grass first of all. And that's also where another area that I've been doing today is around some of my trees and other beds. I've been laying some thick layers of cardboard to try and reduce the cooch grass. Now, when I say thick layers of cardboard, what I mean is three layers of cardboard. I was chatting to somebody a few weeks ago on the allotment who said, who also does no dig, but he said that he found that one layer of cardboard was not enough. He needed three layers of cardboard to really smother out the cooch grass. And I thought, you know what, that makes sense. I'm able to get hold of a lot of uh, cardboard from work. So I'm just going to keep hold of that, throw it down the allotment and smother out the beds as much as possible. Of course, I'm going to continue with cutting the grass clippings when I fix the lawnmower, that is, and using those as well. But certainly over winter, I normally lay a bit of cardboard down. But if I can improve the amount that I get or improve the amount of cardboard and it works, then all well and good. I'll keep you posted, of course, on how well this actually works. Now, when it has been raining, I've ran inside the greenhouse and I've been busy setting up the greenhouse. So what I did last year was made some wicking beds or wicking pots. And what they are, the ones I made last year was some old paint pots. And instead of having drainage holes on the bottom, I've got them on the side about an inch up from the bottom and just one hole. And then I filled those up with compost 
and planted into those. And what I found is that that helped keep the compost moist right throughout the summer. And really, once a week was enough to water this greenhouse by doing it. So what I've done this year, and I did actually set one of these up at the back end of last year, I've got some 44 litre large black plastic containers, rectangular. I've drilled a hole about an inch from the bottom in each container, filled them up with compost, and I'm going to plant into those. And that's what I've been busy setting up while it's been raining, just basically drilling the holes, throwing in the compost, drilling holes, throwing in the compost. I don't know if it's going to work, but I suspect it will work. It certainly has worked with the peas that have grown in here over the winter. You've just got to remember that they do need watering at least once a week. If these were outside throughout the winter, they certainly wouldn't need any extra um, watering. But in the greenhouse, of course, they do need watering at least once a week. And that's just a case of just pouring it straight in until it comes out of that little hole. Um, it, it works. It just works is what I've discovered. And I'm hoping it's going to work even more this year and improve this greenhouse growing. Now, of course, I do try and come down the allotment at least once a day and water everything anyway, especially in a greenhouse. But uh, if this reduces the amount of time that I need to spend watering, then all well and good is my kind of opinion at the moment. So that's what I've been up to today. Tomorrow I'm going to spend a day at home. Let's find out how I get on with that. It is Sunday the 22nd of May 2021. I've nearly done it again. forgot what month it is. Um, I've had a day at home in the garden today. Now... Earlier today, I let the chickens out, which I quite often do. Normally, not a problem, although we've had recent instances. Um, Boona today has been very docile and almost fallen asleep standing up, so I'm a bit worried about her. She was the one that suffered a fox attack recently, but seems to have recovered. Um, but today, she just doesn't seem herself. I think she'll be okay. I think she just does this every now and then. She's just... Uh, sit around and, and see what happens. I'll keep a close eye on her, of course. But yeah, I let them out. And what, what I found after a while is that the other day before the strong winds came, I moved my pots of cabbage plants onto the ground. Now these are in pots waiting to go into the ground on the allotment. But I figured because they were on top of uh, the quail runs or, or tables and the strong winds, I thought they would get blown onto the ground. So I moved them onto the ground just for safekeeping. Well, the chickens found them today, didn't they? And they've been munching on some of the leaves. <laughs> My own fault. Luckily, not too serious damage and I can sort out what we have. So I'm not overly worried, but it's just a, a funny joys of keeping chickens anybody out there who does keep chickens will know it's not as easy as as it sounds to keep well it's easy to keep chickens but it's not easy to garden with chickens i'll put it like that now after that well, i have um i've sown a row of parsnips into one of my beds at home now, I could do these down the allotment, and I probably will sow some more parsnips down the allotment, but I just wanted to do a row at home just to make sure they were done. This year, I've got to admit, it's only just 
got to the point that I feel that the soil is warm enough for parsnips to be sown. So I feel we are a little bit behind, but it is what it is. We, we, I'm, I'm perfectly happy that they will be fine now. We've just got to make sure that they stay moist. And at the moment it is raining, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. Uh, it's just the joys this year. I think I've said time and time again, this year just everything feels very behind and very cold. And as soon as it starts to warm up, something seems to knock it back. But that's gardening. That is why we do this sort of thing. It's, it's what, we, um, what we've signed up for. Now after that, I have then continued potting up a lot of my plants. These are my tomato plants and my celery plants. Basically plants that I'm getting ready to go into the ground. They get a bit, bit big for the pots that they are in, but the, the, the ground, as I said, I'm glad I haven't got them in the ground with the strong winds we had the other day because they would have get blown out. So I'm glad I held off, but this next week, I said this last week, I know, but this next week they will be going into the ground pretty damn quick and hopefully they will catch up and sort themselves out. The only place that seems to have anything growing it at the moment is the greenhouse. Now the greenhouse is doing really well, but even the tomatoes that are planted into the beds in there, they seem very, very slow this year. And I put that purely down just to how cold it has been. Let's hope it warms up very soon. Right, that's it for this week's diary section. Please do, as always, let me know what you've been up to in your own allotment and garden. And I'm going to run a commercial break and then I've got a few questions and queries from my listeners. I would just like to ask you if you are enjoying this podcast and perhaps you might consider signing up to the Supporters Club. It costs just £5 a month and for that you get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content including two extra podcasts each week only for supported members. Added to that, each month you will receive a gift pack containing a newsletter and at least six packets of seeds that can be sown that very month. By becoming a supporting member, your monthly contribution helps me keep this podcast moving forward and grow. It also helps me encourage and teach more people how to grow their own food, something I passionately believe everybody can do. To become a member, head to thevegroundpodcast.co.uk. Hi Richard, it's Amanda here. Um, I just wondered if you could, all the viewers could give me a little bit of advice really on what fertilisers and feeds to use in the allotment. Bar manure, I'm not currently using anything and I, I just don't know where to start. Um, also I wondered if I would use something different in the polytunnel and the greenhouse um, to what I use outside on the plot. So any help would be really appreciated. Thank you. Well, feeds and fertilisers are certainly a minefield. There's so much choice out there. Now, I've got to admit, I try and keep it simple. I don't want too many feeds and fertilisers clogging up my shelves, and therefore I've stuck with what I have found works for me. I'll get into that in just a moment, but firstly, let's try and break down what it is about feeds and fertilisers that help plants grow. Now, generally speaking, there's three main nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium. 
and these are shown on the side or the back of many feeds and fertilizers as MPK followed by some numbers. Now these numbers represent just how much of each nutrient is in that certain feed. I'll get into these numbers in just a moment but first what do each of these nutrients do for the plant? The N or nitrogen is possibly the most important nutrient for many plants. Plants absorb a lot of this nutrient more than any of the other nutrients and that's because it encourages leafy growth and formation of stems. It's quite essential to producing a plant. Salad crops, brassicas, they really benefit from a feed with plenty of nitrogen. The P is for phosphorus and that helps promote good root growth and seed germination which of course all our plants need good root growth. Root crops particularly benefit from a good phosphorus feed so if you want good carrots and good beetroot a good phosphorus feed. Then K or potassium. This promotes flowers or fruit production. So any flowering or fruiting crops, tomatoes, chilies, for example, they will benefit from a good potassium feed. Now there are lots and lots of other nutrients and macronutrients found within feeds. It's not exclusively these three, but these are the main three that we tend to look at. Now earlier I did mention the three numbers after MPK. These three numbers are a representation of how much each nutrient is found within the feed. So for example, a feed with an MPK of 777 tells us that that feed contains 7% nitrogen, 7% phosphorus and 7% potassium. And that's a general well-balanced feed. An MPK of 438 it tells us 4% nitrogen, 3% phosphorus and 8% potassium. And therefore, this feed is high in potassium and good for flowering and fruiting plants. Hopefully that gives you a good understanding of what these feeds do. So what feeds do I use? Well, when my seedlings are young, I like to use liquid seaweed. In fact, this can be used right throughout the life of any plants. Its MPK is actually pretty low, usually around 0.5, 0.5 and 1. And generally speaking, it's a foliar feed, so it needs to be sprayed onto the plant leaves for the plants to absorb the nutrients. As the plants get bigger, I like to scatter chicken manure pellets around the base of the plants. These typically have an MPK of 4.5, 3.5 and 2.5. Therefore, they are higher in nitrogen and can encourage our plants to grow nice and strong. And if we are adding to plants like salads and brassicas, they can use them right throughout their life to grow some really nice leafy growth. The next tomato feed, which I typically use for my fruiting plants when they start to flower. Tomatoes, chilies, cucumbers, melons, even apple trees. Tomato feed typically has a MPK of 438 and therefore higher in potassium, therefore more likely to produce flowers or encourage flowering and therefore encourage fruiting. Now grow more is a feed that I like to add to a soil before planting and typically has an MPK of 777. That's a general good all around feed. Generally comes in solid form so it needs scattering around the ground where it will break down into the soil. 
Blood Fish and Bone is one that I've used. It typically has a MPK of 5.56, another good all-rounder, but it does need to be broken down in the soil by bacteria. So it's a slow-release energy, I guess. You scatter it into the soil, it will take a while to break down, but then it will slowly release those nutrients into the soil for the plants to take up. But my number one plant feed, and this is one that I actually make myself, and therefore it has no MPK number. And this is the feed from my wormery bin, or wormwee as it's sometimes known as. Now this I have found to be very beneficial to a wide range of plants. And because I can produce a lot of it for free, I can use as much of it as I like without even have to worry about the cost. If you haven't got a wormery, I highly recommend you go and get one. Added to that, you can also make feed from comfrey or even stinging nettles just by chopping these plants down, placing the leaves into a bucket of water and then drain off the liquid and there you've got your own feed. Again, we can't tell you the MPK on that because there's no real scientific way to prove that. In the past, I've actually used certain plant-specific feeds such as potato feed or even garlic feed. But what I found with these is that they can be pretty pricey and actually the other feeds I've mentioned are just as good. So good grow morse, good blood fish and bone, just as good as any of these. Get those added into the soil and don't worry about it. In that voicemail, Amanda asked if there was any difference in what we would feed our plants in a greenhouse or a polytunnel compared to outside. Honestly, there is absolutely no difference difference just treat them the same as you normally would the only slight issue might you might have with growing inside a greenhouse or polytunnel is that it's not so easy to rotate your crops so you might have something like tomatoes growing in the same place in a greenhouse for several years running and of course that means that that could be constantly using up all the nutrients in the soil so what i recommend with that is a regular mulch with compost and add some extra grow more or some extra blood fish and bone when the beds are empty in order to get a lot more nutrients into that soil that's the only issue i have with growing plants inside a greenhouse or a polytunnel and it's the same if you have a plant in a pot eventually that pot of compost will lose some of the nutrients or the minerals as well from within that pot so therefore you're going to have to quite regularly top up those with feeds a bit more than what happens in the soil now one tip i do want to share with you when it comes to feeds if you buy any solid feeds that come in a cardboard box that cardboard box will get damp in a shed and that will lead to the box deteriorating and the feed inside can become like a huge clump now I totally agree that these feeds should be supplied in cardboard boxes. I think that's very eco-friendly and it's also compostable, etc, etc. But what I like to do is I transfer the contents of these boxes into some plastic juice cartons. Now these are the Tupperware style juice cartons sold in pound shops. I'll add a link to uh, Amazon if you are interested in these what i find with these is that these containers are obviously usable they last a long time but they also have a nice pouring spout which makes it very easy to scatter these feeds around the ground without the feeds getting damp or anything really really good way i found of being more efficient 
I hope that has helped with feeds and fertilizers. There is a huge amount on the market, so I'm not going to recommend any particular brand. But if you've got a particular brand that you find is your favorite, then please do get in touch. Now, I've also received an email asking about using old tires to grow plants in and would I do it? Now, there's a lot of mixed opinions on this out there and whether it is good or not. But my thoughts are personally, I would not use tires to grow my food in. I think it's certainly possible that the tires could be contaminated or leach contaminants into the soil, which could end up in the food. However, I actually believe that this risk is actually pretty low. I know people who have grown potatoes for example in tires for many years without any real problems and in fact there's a lot of debate whether it is bad or not i found a really good article i will link to from brightonpermaculture.org.uk on this very very subject also know many allotments actually ban the use of tires i suspect this is more due to the fact that they don't want to end up paying for the disposal of tires if they are left with them on the site of course but you might, if you are looking at using tyres, you might want to check your allotment rules or if you're growing them at home. Just, I'm going to say, just do your research and make sure that you're happy to grow food in your tyres if that is what you want to do. Like I said, personally, I wouldn't want to, but I'm not so much worried about the contaminants or anything. For me, it's just the fact that I don't like the look of them and then I've got to struggle to try and get rid of the tyres in the end. Now, next, I've also had a comment from a listener with regards to the amount of weeding I do on the allotment. It's got to be said, I do have to do a lot of weeding, particularly with the cooch grass, in order to stay on top of it. This listener has actually suggested the use of carpets on beds when not in use. The carpets work well as a thick layer to smother out any weeds, and because it's thick, it doesn't blow away. Now, I thought I would share this tip with everyone else. Unfortunately, my allotment and many other allotment sites have banned the use of carpets. However, on my old allotment, I do actually remember having to dig out huge pieces of carpet where they got stuck into the ground uh, and laid down, forgotten about, covered over in soil, and you just come across this carpet. It was a nightmare trying to remove it, and I think that's the reason why it's banned so much. Some reports also say there's a risk of contamination from carpets. It could contain toxic materials. But just like the tyres above, however, this may be true. But what I would say, if carpets were toxic, we would not be allowed them in our houses. Where we walk on them, we lie on them, babies crawl on a carpet. If they were toxic, that would not be able to happen. So, again, I don't want to dismiss anyone's concerns on this subject, but I personally am not too worried about that. But if there's any evidence out there, then I would take that very, very seriously. Now, what I want to find out is if the thick layers of cardboard that I mentioned in the diary section will work as smothering out the weeds. Then we will have a very eco-friendly solution. If this works, I shall let you know. I certainly think it will. And I've heard many people also recommend cardboard in the past. I have used cardboard over the winter and it does sort of work, but in the past I've only done it in one layer. So we'll see how it gets on with three layers or a thick layer of cardboard. Well, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Please do visit my website, thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. Leave a comment or you can leave a voicemail. 
You can email me, richard at thevegetgrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can find me on social media, just search for The Veg Podcast. And don't forget to like, follow, subscribe and all that. We will be back next week with a review of Gardener's World Spring Festival. We're going there this weekend and I cannot wait. So until then, please take care. <laughs>